and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric, you're with me. And welcome Hello. to your, your main source for all knowledge about the, the coronavirus. This is why you tuned in, I'm sure. We, we have so much baseball to talk about. It's, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and we are, we are not your source for information. We're not a doctor, not, no. not scientists at all. But, you know, we're, we're just coping with the uh, with it right now. Like, you know, obviously, there's more important things in baseball, but baseball is how we're principally affected, at least for this podcast purposes. But that, that's what we're sort of going to hear. Got to talk about this episode. Yeah. And what you, you and I are affected uh, and we're looking for ways to relief. Baseball is not there to do this. But recording this podcast is for for at least for me, I assume it is for you. And hopefully it is for some listeners. So uh, we're going to talk about how this affects baseball. We're going to talk about how it's affected kind of you and I. And then we're maybe going to like live, live spitball some ideas on what we're going to do with the podcast uh, without baseball. Um, all that after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What a strange two weeks it's been. Yeah, we, you know, for like most of the off season, we always say like, it's a good thing we didn't do like weekly episodes because a lot of times there was just nothing to talk about. And then inevitably, since we since we sort of did two weeks in between each episode, something always came up, even if it was like, you know, uh, not necessarily like concrete, but it was like at least something to talk about. Mm -hmm. And like the like this spring has been pretty uneventful, at least from like a baseball standpoint. It's the same stuff. You know, the rotation was pretty set, like the Dodgers rotation and like. Uh, outside of like Jock Peterson being hurt, um, there wasn't a lot of like intrigue in terms of like position player battles or, or things like that. And, and so, like baseball wise, it was like okay, we're just sort of humming, getting closer to opening day, and that's what we're talking about. <laughs> and then, and then now, like we don't have baseball. So it's, yeah, it's you sent me a text about a week ago saying, "Hey, do you think a mailbag episode's a good idea?" And I said, yeah, that sounds that sounds like a good idea. And then I think a day or so later, I'm like, how many coronavirus, fake coronavirus questions are we going to get? And I, I think I, and remember, this is a, a week-ish ago, maybe five days ago. This was before the NBA got canceled. Let me put it that yeah. way. Um, I think I put the over under at four and a half. And you, you aggressively took the over and kudos, hats off to you. Yeah. It's because, yeah, uh, w come Wednesday, it became very apparent that i think i think maybe there were spring training games on thursday like it stopped mid thursday mm -hmm. right yes mid thursday and i think at that point uh but even when come wednesday night when the nba canceled the writing was on the wall there was the baseball was not at the very least starting on time right and then it's been 
it's kind of amazing like how in a, in a lot of ways it moved very slowly and i guess you you could sort of like say the the way sort of the, the the country's response has been to the coronavirus has been like relatively slow but then at, at certain times it like picks breakneck speed like um and things just happen like very quickly and i that's sort of it all sort of came together for like all the sports in like a 24-hour period uh last week and it was on um like wednesday to thursday and i the the sort of key thing um was uh, Rudy Gobert uh, of the Utah Jazz and the NBA um, testing positive. And, like, the NBA was in this um, mode where, like, they were saying we're going to play with no fans for a while. And some teams are even, like, pushing back on that, at least earlier in the week. And I think a lot of the leagues, baseball included, were, like, waiting for, like, local governments and things to say, look, we were going to make you not do this, uh, this type of social gathering to sort of spread the the virus. And like, they didn't want to be the first one out there, but like once Rudy Gobert tested positive NBA is like, Nope, we're done. And they suspended their season, you know, with, uh, the idea they'd revisited it at a uh, determined time. Like that's, that's sort of window is sort of, uh, evolved in the last week or so. Same for baseball by Thursday, uh, mid-morning, they um, canceled the rest of spring training and they said, we're going to delay opening day by two weeks and then we'll figure it out a- after that. But, it, but within like a day or two, it became pretty clear that there was no way. Two weeks would have been uh, push opening day from March 26th to April 9th. Um, My birthday. Right, oh, nice. Happy birthday. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> it's so, going to be a weird birthday. <laughs> and uh, But it was like clear very early that that was not going to happen. And uh, people were saying like May or Memorial Day. And then uh, in a way that this has sort of evolved, like we're recording this on Monday afternoon. On Sunday, the CDC put out a recommendation that everyone in the country have no gatherings of uh, more than 50 people for the next eight weeks. And like it's not a mandate, right? It's not a government saying like you can't do this, which some states have done. But like a lot of people are following this. So like an MLB did this morning, like they put out an official statement saying we're going to follow the CDC guidelines and push back our opening day uh, date accordingly. They didn't reveal a date, but eight weeks from yesterday is May 10th. So that gives you an idea of when like the absolute earliest opening day would be. But then at the same time, you got to figure there's all this off, off time uh, between now and May 10th. They're going to need like a new spring training, probably at least a week, maybe two to like get ramped up again. So I think you have to add that to that. So we're talking like June and then that's assuming like it really depends where the like the country is at that point. Because as we've seen, like the the numbers, they're not like huge yet. Part of that is like there's not widespread testing so that maybe the numbers aren't as uh, complete as we might want. So maybe in eight weeks, we have a better picture of just where we are as a country. And it might still be a point where they're still saying, you know, no social gathering. Like a lot of like California, I saw, I think, New York, New Jersey and a few other states today were basically saying um, um, no, uh, like they're closing all the bars and the restaurants are like takeout only or drive through in some cases and like no movie theaters, no gyms. Like, so there's a lot of stuff like that are just 
that just uh, society as a whole is sort of like um, canceling right now. Like uh, my company, uh, Vox, like uh, they're they they closed all of their offices. Um, the two main ones are New York and DC, but they have satellites in LA and San Francisco. And just as a precaution, like basically everybody's working from home now. So um, it's getting very serious and like best case scenario, if everything's ready by the end of that eight week guideline, then they need a spring training. But if there's even more pushback, then it's hard to imagine like baseball starting like before June and then, then it could get longer. So we're getting into July and then you're like, so we really don't know at this point. Well, all we know is it's going to be at least like two months before we see baseball again at the earliest. So we're I, we're kind of in this wait and see mode right now. It's very weird. We are committed to doing a mailbag episode today, and we got got some really good questions. A lot of which, as you would expect, are are covering kind of what baseball looks like now. But it, sort of in your gut, what what is the the reality we're facing here? We were you know talked about how it's coming in June, maybe July, probably involves a spring training. Um, minor leagues are canceled. And that, you know, major league players, and you would assume most of major league staff could, are going to be able to be just fine. Minor league players weren't living a, a glorious life to begin with. And now this is just, it's just so brutal. Yeah, absolutely. And so like, the, the thing is, like, a lot of this is still being negotiated. And like, for now, like, um, the, the, the major league players, the players on a 40 man roster are the ones in the union. They're the ones with the collective bargaining agreement. So that's what's sort of going on between the players union and MLB right now is figuring out like hashing this all out. And like minor leaguers don't get paid like during spring training uh, who aren't people who aren't on the 40 man. And they, they only get paid during the season. That was a big to do. Like um, they have actual protections, um, through like um, you know U.S. laws that say they're not um, subject to like overtime and le- regular labor laws, so like they the work they do in the off season to keep themselves in shape for baseball isn't considered work, so they don't have to get paid for that. But they only get paid for like the five months of the season, and they don't get paid like if there's no games, and they don't get paid now because there's no spring training. But even worse, like. Um, all the minor leaguers basically in spring training, they're still sort of working out what, what major league players can do. Like if they're going to be able to use facilities or not, because we, it could be a longer shutdown. So um, maybe players don't want to stick around in Arizona or Florida. Maybe they're just going to go home for a while. Um, But minor league players are like, no, just go home. And, but a lot of them, you know, some I've seen some things trickle out. Like some teams are paying for this. Some teams aren't, you know, so like, um, they have to go home and now they're not getting paid. So they have to go into off season mode, which is like, maybe if, depending on who they are, they can like do it, um, offer private training or something to make ends meet or work at home Depot. Uh, I saw one minor leaguer, um, signed up to, to do DoorDash, uh, like the first night of like uh, the spring training getting shut down. And like, it's just terrible. Like, um, what they sort of have to do. And then also like stadium workers, um, the local like um it's unite here local 11 they represent uh, a lot of um you know like custodial workers and like um just general stadium workers uh in the area i think there's like 5600 um stadium workers uh through all the like socal um local pro sports teams and like they sent letters to all the owners 
basically saying, hey, can you help us like during this downtime, like contribute to a fund to make sure like the scheduled games that these players were going to or these people were going to miss, that they'll get paid for it or at least get compensated somehow because they're missing out on revenue or on wages. And they they're like the ones that can least afford to like miss a paycheck. Absolutely. Uh, And so that's really tough. Like the Lakers, um, Kings and Clippers and along with like Staples Center set up a thing for set up a fund to like cover the missed games for those three teams uh, at Staples Center. Um, the Ducks owners did the same uh, for Honda Center. To date, um, like the Dodgers and Angels haven't responded to this yet. Part of this is like uh, those other sports like have already missed games. Um, so it's like literally already affecting them. Like we're at a point now where we're still about a week out until – the freeway series was going to start. So like no major league stadium was going to host a game until next week. So I think once we get to that point, then it starts to get a little more serious for them. And also I think baseball will probably have a better idea of what's going on. Uh, then I think you'll see certain teams um, stepping up. I think the blue Jays committed to uh, helping uh, people at the Rogers center. Um, and the Tigers owners, I want to say, did that too. They own like multiple sports teams out there. That sounds correct. But but I haven't seen any other baseball team yet. But I think as in the next week or so, you'll I, I think a lot of it's peer pressure. If a, n- a number of teams do it, it's hard to be the, the jerk owner who like doesn't like commit to this. There have if been a few. Play, like, like I know I know, but sports right. athletes get paid a lot of money, not as mm-hmm. much as owners. If you're play right. so universally, we're seeing the payers pitch in. Pitch in. The owners can, and I, I suspect we'll see that, as, you, as you've as you been saying, kind of over, especially I think when, you know, if this thing gets as dire as I think most of us think it will, uh, especially as that becomes apparent, we'll see more and more of that outcoming. Yeah, and so I haven't had, um, I haven't looked at like the schedule like through May, but like um, just through April, the Dodgers had would have had 19 dates at Dodger Stadium, including the Freeway Series, and the Angels would have had 13 in Anaheim. So, like, that's a lot of games, and it's probably around the same for May, uh, maybe flipped a little bit. But um, so that that's a, a lot of games, like, to sort of you know be without if you're especially if that's your your main job and you're counting on that. So I think something might happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Well, we do have mailbag. We're gonna. I think it's time to just turn through those. Those, like I said, a lot of them obviously sort of relate to this intersection uh, between uh, the virus and baseball. So, starting from old friend AJ Minx Core, is this all a vast conspiracy to make sure the Dodgers don't win the World Series? I'd say so. I'd say so. Yes. I mean, look, the the evidence points to yes, pretty (laughs) clearly. Um, But no, this is one of those things where, like, it's hard to like. Look, we we have fun. We make light of stuff this is a very serious thing obviously when we don't want to like downplay the actual like suffering and literal deaths that are happening like in the country because of this but on on some level like this is the most anticipated dodger season in a long time like they obviously been good the last few years like very good uh and then like after they narrowly missed out on winning the world series in 17 18 was a very anticipated year they got back to the world series Uh, But then trading for Mookie Betts, like, sort of, like, up the ante, I think. And it made this season, like, very exciting, at least something to look forward to. And the fact that, like, that's getting cut into and 
like that's on, on a, on a baseball level that really sucks. Um, so like not saying that, you know, it makes the Dodgers like suffering more than other teams, but just from an excitement standpoint, um, the less time we get to see like, um, someone like Mookie Betts play, it really sucks. Same thing for like the angels with Mike Trout, right? Like you're, that you were talking about best player in generations. Um, and we're not getting to see him play. So it just, it's terrible all the way around. So like, I think that's in general, like what sort of baseball's feeling right now. From Adam has a few questions. If the season is shortened, would the lower payroll for two, uh, would that lower payroll uh, for 2020, if enough games were canceled, could the Dodgers be conceivably get under the CBT threshold? So the current like threshold is 208 million for this year. And, the Dodgers are over it. I think they're around 220 million. And this was again, full season stuff. This is all going to change, but I think that's what sort of the uh, players union and baseball is sort of or, uh, bargaining about right now. Um, I think what, one of the things they're talking about is just how much the players would get paid. If at all, I don't like the, the weird thing is, so we're technically under a national emergency um, as of like the other day, and part of the CBA says the commissioner can suspend any baseball contract like during a national emergency. So like, I think if you had to like, like none of the contracts would count, but I, there's a lot of like issues they're trying to work out. Like uh, some of the non-roster players, like veterans, I, I don't, I didn't check on the Dodgers. They didn't have that many like veteran NRIs in camp, but a lot of these players have like opt outs in like this week to like, if they don't make the team, they're free agents, so they can try to find a job elsewhere. But like, there's no baseball right now. So they're trying to work out how to sort of handle that aspect of it. And also like, how the like major league players are going to get paid. I suspect what's going to happen is players are just going to get paid for the season that happens. So like, if it's a, if, if the season's half as long, I don't know if that means everyone's salary gets cut in half, probably. But like, I think Similarly, I would imagine the threshold will still be they'll either cut it or um, I, I, I would imagine the Dodgers would still be over whatever threshold they they figure out. Like, it, it, do, do they work out a deal where no one has to pay luxury tax because no one's going to get to $208 million because there's not a full season? I don't know. I would imagine they'll still figure out a way to have the, the, the spending teams, the Dodgers and the Yankees, et cetera, still play pay some sort of luxury tax but maybe they don't maybe that's part of the like helping the teams like you know kick that to other owners (laughs) yeah so like i i really don't know like um but that's i think that's all sort of what's going to happen in terms of like um uh, i tweet from joel sherman of the new york post this morning i'll just quote this um part of mlb's offer to players was to provide an initial lump payment to major leaguers to help weather missed checks uh games and checks early uh, the players' union countered last night, Sunday. Uh, MLB is re- expected to re- reply as early as today to a laundry list of issues, including uh, monetary and logistics. So they're they're trying to figure this out, and I'm sure it's going to probably we'll figure it out in the next like week or two. A different Adam, Adam Slowy asks. I know there's no answer, and maybe I'm fascinated to see what happens with server time given a short season. Maybe Dodgers get Mookie Betts for 2021 after all. So I, I was thinking about this too. Like I, I don't think anything's out of the question, but I think that's out of the question. Like, <laughs> so like, let's say worst case scenario, this season is canceled, right? There's no baseball. I, can't, I can't see it. Well, I don't know this to be true, but like, 
I'd have to look because I, I don't know what happened in the in the '94 strike of if certain players were like not um, like they 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 didn't get free agency because of the strike. I they probably still did. I have to look it up. I think that's what happened. I think Betts would still be a free agent, but and like, the, and the I, difference I, I, there with the correct me yeah. wrong, but with the strike was resolved with a new CBT, right? A new CBA, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so exactly. like that kind of went in. So, the, the, they're not going to get a new uh, CBA through this, but there may come yeah. an agreement. But yeah, denying denying worker rights, I, there, I just there's n- almost no way. Yeah, I think uh, I would the players' association get, agrees to that. That would get fought super hard, and like, yeah. So, I, 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 I you're, what you're going to see from Mookie Betts from release until he has a new contract is 2020 is his time with the Dodgers until they come up, come up to a new deal or something. <laughs> I'm excited for Fraudman Twitter to somehow blame uh, Andrew Friedman for not foreseeing uh-huh. <laughs> if he, if you he gave, walks. You gave up Connor Wong and Alex Verdugo and Peter Downs for this? <laughs> uh, uh, more, going back to uh, I Believe Blue, Adam. There's been talk of the DH coming to the National League. Do you see that happening in the next few years? What are your thoughts on the DH? So I think this is one of those things. I It, it could be one of those things where we've seen annual rule changes um, the last few years where they just come to an agreement. I think something like this would happen with a new CBA. And the new CBA doesn't get uh, doesn't expire till after 2021. So I think the absolute earliest you would see a DH is 2022. But uh, maybe they phase it in, though. So, like, may- maybe, like, 2023 or something. I do think the NL will eventually get the DH. I- I'm I'm of two minds of it. Like, I-, I don't mind the DH, right? But, like, I would – it would it would kind of, like – I would miss um, the old style of pitchers hitting, even though pitchers are terrible hitters. I know there's the – you know, people love to talk about, like, the strategy involved. But it's usually just, like – it's a, it's, there's the, I guess the strategy is like which pinch hitter to use. Cause you're always going to pull the pitcher like later. The, the, I mean, that's, there's not much of a choice now because pitchers don't last as long in the games. And I, you're, that's, I don't know, maybe, maybe Dave Roberts will short circuit cause he won't get a chance to double switch as much. I don't know. But like, um, I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll miss it. But I like, will miss I, it. And it, so yeah. for me, it's less strategy yeah. because I, like you said, I think that's overstated, but it's more like, I like pinch hits. I like, I like when pitchers get removed early, we get to see two, three pinch hitters. Um, and the rosters sort, um, the active roster sort of adopting due to that. Uh, mm-hmm. like maybe he stays in defensively. Maybe he doesn't. It's not strategy per se. It's just as a, it's a dynamic of the game that I feel does get lost, um, in DH games. I do agree with you. It's probably inevitable, but I, I really, really hope uh, at least we get a few more years of, of pure baseball. I still think um, I do like the pinch hitting as well. I think it's still a, it's still viable in a DH league because if you like, let's say the Dodgers continue to have the roster they have now, where they have a lot of guys who could play multiple positions. I think you'd still find cases where if it's like middle of the game. And let's say, like a, a Jock Peterson, for example, you still would want to pinch hit for him. Uh, sure, it'll happen. It, Just not and, not with and, that and, regularity of right, ooh, the exactly. pitcher spot is coming up. You know that, it'll, that... Be, it'll be reduced, but like you could still see a thing where they bring in a righty to pinch hit for Jock, 
but then that righty has to play a different position. Another player switches positions, etc. And then like it, the the thing that would interest me is like, uh, given how often like the Dodgers do stuff like that, how often they would like purposely lose the DH late, late in games because that's what, like you can move a DH to a position, but you lose. Then pitchers have to, have I was to actually get up gonna, And I forget who I saw this on Twitter mm-hmm. months ago, uh, and mm-hmm. I do forget where the idea kind of originated from. I did see someone posit the idea that introduce the DH, but do this, I think it may be in both leagues, have that DH tied to the starting pitcher. Oh, yeah. So that yeah, once yeah. a starter was removed, that DH is removed. And I felt like there, that probably doesn't happen, right? Because then yeah. you're like, you're incentivizing extending starting pitchers, which is bad uh-huh. for health. P- Players Association likely going to be against that. But um, uh, I, I found it, I found it a fascinating idea, at least. It's an interesting wrinkle. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, and, and maybe and you know maybe not that, but maybe they do come up with some way to interject a little bit more roster dynamics uh, uh, into the league um, uh, via whatever other rule changes they can come up. Yeah. What are your top three candies to eat while watching a movie? Not in a giving... movie theater. Not in a movie theater. Oh, right, yeah, We're not candy. doing that right now. But uh, yeah. which reminds me, I I, I finally uh, a couple months ago. Uh, joined the AMC Stubbs uh, premiere or whatever, where you can go three times a week. <laughs> have I told you movie? my? Have I told? Oh, so the I, premiere. I, I, I was going to tell I, you I my. Need, I need to cancel that. No. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, never mind. I have a good A list story. Maybe we'll we'll see how much oh, dead air we have. But oh, um, that's what it's called. I forgot what it was called. No, no, no. Um, you, yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, do you do you, you want to give yours first? Um. Sure. So I see your answers, and I'm gonna. I have a note on Sour Patch Kids. By far, my favorite candy. And then around, it must have been sixth grade or seventh grade. I had went to a movie, had some Sour Patch Kids, and then had my lower lip just completely swell up. And went, oh. oh, that's weird. And then same thing, movie Sour Patch Kids had my upper lip swell up. Okay, that's strange. And then a the third time, both swelled up. And at, uh, did some, you know, talked to my aunt who is a nurse, and yeah. she said, "Oh, it could be your throat next. You should stop eating this." So oh. it's entirely possible I'm not allergic anymore, and that was like a weird seasonal allergy. But um, for something in Sour Patch Kids, I am, was at one point allergic to, and I'm too afraid to find out if I still Look, am. You're? Are you allergic to kids? This is a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is no. that what it is? I don't think yeah. so. But no, okay. I like. They, they, would you believe? Uh, allergy doctors' offices don't have the Sour Patch Kid allergy test. Huh. Yeah, I, I went to an aller- uh, allergist once, and like where they do the thing where they like um, uh, they did a bunch of stuff on my arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like tested it out. Sour Patch Kid's and, not one of them, right? Yeah, they didn't. They don't pour sugar on you, and, and but you, to, you see that too. I don't. Is it something they use in the gelatin? Is it one yeah, of the sugars? Have know. they changed ingredients since that? I don't know. Maybe I should. I never did intense googling on this because it was so rare and odd. I'm gonna have to look into this. You need because I miss them. I love Sour Patch Kids. It's, they're really good, and you need to find you need to find um, like a deaf leopard allergist, and uh, <laughs> and then go to them, and then you'll be perfect. Um, so yeah, because of that, I'm sort of limited. I, I, I'm a fan of bunch of crunch. I'm a fan of, um, typically it's, I'm not a big fan of what you associate as movie candies outside of Sour Patch Kids. So I'm usually getting, um, like sometimes they'll have gummy bears, not allergic to those. I love a good gummy bear. Gummy bears are always good. Uh, and then maybe, and this, (laughs) this is the most vanilla answer ever, but, 
other than some vanilla flavored candy I'm not aware of, uh, plain M&Ms. I'm a fan of plain M&Ms. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to say two Adam's answers were gummy worms, Mike and Ike's and original M&Ms. Thank you. And, Thank you, Adam. And, original and M&Ms. So Delicious. I, I, even though he put it there, like I, I love Mike and Ike's and I probably should have Ugh. put it in my top three. But Gross. that said, I'm a fan of um, paying a dollar at a store or it's like it's the CBS or something and bringing that in because you can easily put the candy in your pocket to a theater uh, rather than paying like $87 or whatever it is uh, at a theater. But my, my go-to junior mints for me is by far the number one choice. Uh, I think it's more, it might be nostalgic at this point. Um, uh, but they're still, they're still really good to me. I like the, the sort of combo of mint and chocolate peanut M&Ms for me. I, I don't mind plain M&Ms at all. For me, I just I kind of like the larger peanut M and M's, and I like peanuts, like just generally. Yeah, and I I do not. So okay, so I get it. But then and then Sour Patch Kids are my third. But yeah, Mike and Ike's is right up there, and uh, occasionally like Bunch of Crunch you mentioned is good. The Butterfinger Bites also excellent. Uh, but uh, I guess I don't I haven't tried them recently, but like Butterfinger in the last year like changed their formula. And it's garbage now. And uh, it's terrible because that used to be my favorite candy bar growing up. So what the hell, Butterfinger? Um, so uh, the only thing I want to add is I didn't list these because I don't. I, I'm sure I've seen them at a movie theater before, but I don't regularly see them. But the best M&Ms are easily peanut butter M&Ms. They're, They're just a yeah. superior Reese's Pieces. Have you tried um, the pretzel hey. ones? They're fine. Yeah. I like the hazelnut ones a lot too. So, mm-hmm. well, we've got more questions, but we are going to take a little break. Um, oh no, you have a, tr- uh, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm changing up the show notes for you a little bit just because okay. we're going a little over time. Do you want to ask the trivia question now? Yes, I do. Um, so we're talking about a shortened season. Uh, in almost all of major league baseball history, the, the seasons that have not been played to completion, like, uh, 162 or 154 uh, games in most years. Um, almost all of those have been via strike. Like uh, the worst was uh, well, so 1981. You know about uh, 1994 missed the World Series that went over into 1995 and ended up being a shortened year. The worst one to me was 1972. Well, the worst was 94 because there was no World Series, but. Um, 1972, like there was a strike during the season, and they ended up lo- they just didn't make up that week. But it was the worst thing uh, I can imagine because I I don't I don't know there must have been an uproar back then, but I I don't remember it. But like the reason the um, the Tigers won the uh, American League East was because they played one more game than the Red Sox and won it, so they won by a half a game, <laughs> and like that was just allowed to happen. Like and so. I would have. Can you imagine? I would have been up in arms. Twitter, like, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, but yeah. But so, can you name the last time a major league baseball season was not played to completion for a non-strike reason? Probably not. But we'll find out after this. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer. Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So the trivia question was, can I name the last time baseball did not have a season for a reason other than a strike, right? Mm-hmm. Is that Okay, so I seem to remember. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <sighs> Uh, let me let's see if I'm way off enough, so I'll take the hit. Okay. I seem to recall that the no time was missed for World War II, which is I think what most people default to guessing. Right. Uh, and I remember being surprised when I looked up, you know, the Wikipedia list of World Series, however long ago. And I want to say, so I'm just I I have a minor guess. So this is my minor guess. Let me know if I'm way off. 1917. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're. <laughs> You're going, you're going with World War One, uh, Spanish flu specifically. Oh, okay, okay. So, and granted, that's probably because it's a little bit on my mind, but you're you're very close. My hint is going to be, it was talked about on a recent podcast. Yeah, see, this is what the Dodgers I mean. rewind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like this year. Yeah, no, I and that's and I I had it in my head. As it was, a, it was the Spanish flu, but I'm clearly a little off, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tap out and let you. So MLB like kind of played through the Spanish flu, which I, th- I think I was reading something recently like that killed like 675 thousand Americans. And they're like, nah, we're good. Like, but uh, so it was actually the next year, 1918. <sighs> okay, I will say this: technically, la- the last year is 1919, but it's all for sort of the same thing. So. 1918, uh, they canceled like the last month of the season, but then like during that uh, off time in the off season, like um, World World War One ended, uh, like armistice that armistice that year. Uh, but so roughly like 129, about 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 25 games each team roughly were missed. Um, the it was last episode, um, Jake Daubert. Um, he, he was the guy who tried to like start a players union uh, a couple years prior. Uh, a lot of players who were like, um, like technically at the end of the year were, were like technically released, uh, but then not paid like the last for the last month of the season. And Dalbert sued Ebbets because he said he was on a multi-year contract um, to get paid. They settled it out of court, but uh, Charlie Ebbets, Dodgers owner, like said, screw you, traded you, traded him to the Reds. And, um, so then the next year, as from what I can gather, it, uh, the war was over, but the the year was like the owners were like worried about attendance. So they, they decided to shorten the season and in order to like sort of cover themselves to where if the season would have drug on long enough at like a reduced attendance, it would have they would have suffered. But then like they ended up being fine. So like but they played about about two weeks short uh in 1919 and pretty much every year since for a non-strike year it's been um hunky-dory but like this year this is going to be the first year since then uh so what's really interesting i just looked look up and i think i think the reason why not on top of it being topical the spanish was in my mind is i think when i was looking through uh your show notes like because because of how linked the spanish flu is with world war one like that's kind yeah. of gonna, yeah. so the spanish flu is it's Pop like 1918. Had I actually gone with the 19, this is a Spanish flu year, I would have guessed right for the wrong reason. Um, but it did, it, it basically started at the very tail end of 1917, but uh, the actual epidemic wasn't until 918, 1918. Mm-hmm. So 
wanted to clear that up. You you were basically on the right track. I mean, so I remembered the era, and I think I must have just tied it to the flu years. So, so it's been a literal century since this happened. Well, uh, I believe blue is going after my like middle school years with the net, with both these questions. It, it's the same same target for me too. Uh, which arcade game have you spent the most quarters on? So I know it. It's probably fun to think that I'm going to say Pong <laughs> or something like that. And and like I would th- think early on too, like in those old sit-down arcades, like Miss Pac-Man was probably high up there for me. But I think given my frequency at the arcade in middle school to like maybe freshman year of high school or something, uh, or maybe even sophomore year or whatever, uh, it's got to be either NBA Jam or Street Fighter 2. I think it's NBA Jam because a lot of the time I played Street Fighter 2 was at a couple of friends' houses. And so we played a lot on like Super NES and uh, played it that way. But I think in terms of like paying an actual arcade, um, I'm pretty sure it was NBA Jam for me. So NBA, I, who did you play when you were played NBA Jam? Because I remember this specifically. I will say it at million. We've said it a million times. That I'm a Pacers fan who had a very mm-hmm. good NBA Jam team, not the best, but very good. Um, it was that weird mid '90s era between Showtime and yeah. the Kobe Shaq era. So you had a pretty lackluster Laker team I, in an NBA Jam. I think. Um... I th- I want to say, and I don't, I I can't say this for sure. I'm going off memory. I think it was Vlade Divac and James Worthy. I think uh, on, on one year it was, and then James Worthy wasn't on the other year. Nick Van yeah. Exel comes to mind. That that's a certain possibility, and I, I just remember it was one of those years too, where the, on the Mavericks was Aruzioni or whatever, <laughs> like or, or something like that, and like that was like the name that kept like echoing in my head. But like, yeah. So I think, and uh, I think famously, like Michael Jordan had licensed himself. He was right. not. He like had a separate deal in the players' union, so he wasn't like in any of those games. So like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was the team I sort of went with the most. Uh, so both your answers, I played mostly on the on Super Nintendo. I didn't uh-huh. play a, a lot on the arcade. So, and I I actually used the Jazz most most often. Nice when so I wasn't they, using was the Pacers. It, was it literal Stockton Malone? Hell yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and th- their what? stats are just the funniest thing. It's green on one column, red on the other, and then they flip them for the other. So. Hilarious. No, they, uh, uh, yeah, how can you not go with them almost? Like, that's crazy. They're, that's great. Uh, probably the Simpsons arcade game because oh. it was at the local Pizza Hut when we were... It was like second grade, so I wasn't good at games, but yeah. we really, really wanted to beat it. So I remember we brought... For, like all of my friends brought $40 in quarters and just died, died, died. And we got to, we beat Smithers, I think. And then we died to Mr. Burns. So, um, so with street fighter two, my friend Ryan was really good at it. And I remember at, at Bubba bears pizza, which was right by my house. Um, <laughs> it like, I wonder if you asked where, like he might've, might've spent the most time playing street fighter two, but he was so good. Like he would literally, he could go, and make a quarter last like two hours because he would just keep winning, you know? And um, so like other challengers would come up or whatever. So like, but like, yeah, he was excellent. I was never like that good at it. I, I just like playing it and I don't know. But yeah, th- I, that's a, I love that question. 
I'm going to look up the NBA Jam rosters while we uh, keep answering some of the questions. <laughs> Nate wants to know, do you think pitchers would rather face a batter with 20% more power or a batter that knows the type of pitch coming? I, I, I've seen a, a couple pitchers like answer this, so I have to sort of defer to them. And I, they're pretty much all in lockstep that nobody, no pitcher wants the hitter to know what's coming. And but so I'm just going to quote Alex Wood's tweet. This was from January 16th, like basically right after the Astros um, punishment came down, or lack thereof, uh, as a lot of people said. But um, he said, "quote I would rather face a player that was taking steroids than face a player that knew every pitch that was coming." Very straightforward. I think you can plug in taking steroids for 20% more power here, and it fits perfectly with that question. So I think that's what I'm going with. So NBA Jam update. Uh, I'm trying to. Th- so I think James Worthy wasn't in the original roster, but he was in the tournament edition, and I'm not uh, sure. I what... think that's probably what was at the arcade. Maybe is yeah. I'm not. I'm gonna have to look into this uh, because the Sporkle quiz I have doesn't oh. list him, and the Lakers team is instead Vladi Divac, uh, Anthony Peeler. Yeah, okay. I was going to bring him up and with Peeler, but yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah, that was a good time. Uh, let's see. The dead spin ranked the teams where they have the Ooh. Jazz as number one. Uh, I'm seeing where the Lakers probably pretty low on here. And and they, ha- they have James Worthy. So yeah, this must be a arcade versus uh, Super mm-hmm. Nintendo Sega Genesis difference. So there you go. Next question. The next question from old friend, not Carl Cal Crawford. <laughs> one of the one of the best. Oh, and I every love time it. I see questions from him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and at, at per usual, with a great question. Yep. Since there are no sports to bet on for a while, any thoughts on what might get a surge in betting, whether politics, or do you see a new form of virtual sports aside from esports emerging out of this? Uh, I, I say this as someone who who brought a uh, daily line in my little organizer to school in junior year of high school <laughs> or sophomore year too. And I, someone who, who bet and won money that Ross Perot would not get an electoral vote in the 1992 <laughs> election. I would never bet on politics. God, I, I, it's terrible. Like the landscape, first of all, it's just depressing as hell, but I don't, I don't, I, it's just, I don't want to bet. I will say this, uh, just this today, um, like <laughs> it was actually, I think it was after this question came in or maybe before, but it, it came today. Um, bet online sent out a thing, the, like which season will start first. And then like they had, um, you know, MLB, NBA, um, NHL and NFL or whatever. And so it's like, nobody really knows. Like they're talking about, I've seen some like people speculate for the NBA, like that it's going to be until, um, at least June or July, and then they might still try to play a full season, and which basically gives them no off season. And then if baseball tries, uh, it's not feasible. I think that any of these leagues are going to play a full season. They're just going to either pick it like for the NBA and NHL. They should probably just go right into the playoffs whenever they start up, assuming it's like June or July, and then just figure it out that way. Um, for baseball, it's just going to end up being like a shortened season. Um, so that's going to be like weird i don't know but i will say this one of the wagers so um this was oh man i didn't put the actual bet uh part of the question here i'm gonna look it up while 
I talk. Oh, okay. The question was, will the MLB season start uh, before June 1st? And the yes was three to one odds, which means it's it's not the favorite. No was minus five hundred, which means if you bet a hundred dollars, I'm sorry, if you bet five, you have to bet five hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars. That's how likely. That's how the the much of a favorite the answer of no is. So probably not going to see baseball before June um, at least. So that's sort of where we're at right now. Yeah, and I have no idea. Like, I know uh, he sort of brushed it aside, but esports may be the thing, it, right? But straight, like, can can your average, you know, person who would put a a spoiler in on a Sunday mm-hmm. convert and start watching League of Legends? I probably not, but maybe. But, but you know. also, even some of those have been canceled because I, I know some, oh, sure. some of them are in person tournaments, and those have all been like canceled. Yeah, but the, but those the obviously they're way 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 more able to adapt right they're given them a month and they can oh, get the infrastructure yeah, to, for sure, to for sure. start taking the betting lines and people already do bet on esports uh but yeah maybe that market will just expand and um perhaps you'll start seeing um like madden leagues become because that's not the there is madden esports uh, and other sport esports but they're not quite as popular as the others maybe that picks up I know yeah. the Phoenix Suns were gonna play some games on NBA 2K. Maybe, maybe, maybe start people really degenerate people start betting on that. One of the local stations out here, um, KCAL, um, the other night uh, ran a, uh, a NBA 2K uh, re- uh, game or Lakers Nuggets game that was supposed to be scheduled that night. So <laughs> and they, they they played highlights from that. I have. So I think I have cool. my answer. Is yeah. that uh, you have to know that a week ago, two weeks ago, maybe probably even earlier, there were meetings at ESPN about, we can't just show um, old games and sports center with no sports. What are we going to show? They're going to find something and maybe it's esports, and maybe it's something else. And whatever ESPN shows, assuming it's not just vintage games, they're going to bet on. Oh, okay. So speaking of this and um, since it just got retweeted into my timeline again, uh, the last couple of days, uh, a couple viral tweets have been uh, involving marble racing, and it, <laughs> it is thrilling. Like it's amazing how like enthralled I was watching this. So maybe it's just craving the competition. But it's I mean, there's always right. turtle races. Do they still do turtle races? Have Ooh. those stopped? I don't know. Well, good, good question. Well, maybe do a little googling there. Mike wants to know. If the MLB season is completely canceled, or if they figure out a way to pay the season and empty st- to play the season right. in empty right. stadiums, will the Dodgers still figure out a way to raise season pi- ticket prices next year? I laughed at this when he. I just wanted to give him credit for asking that because I thought it was a funny question, but I also wanted to transition into that. Um, what I'm actually worried about, uh, and worried is a strong term, <laughs> but uh, is that. What are they going to like if let's say the season gets pushed to like late June, you're basically like what, two to three weeks before the all-star game. I do love they it. Even, do they a even play the season all-star game? Let's do it. Like have that uh, kick off the season. I will say this. So they, they, in 1981, they, they had the, the benefit of actually splitting the season in half because of the strike was in the middle of the season. So they actually had first half and second half, and how they opened up the second half was starting with the All Star Game. But they also had the that first part of the season to sort of choose on. 
So, spring training. Base it on spring training. Let's go. So like, and plus, like people know who the stars are, right? It wouldn't yeah. be that hard to like put on a game. So like, that's what's going to happen. I've seen a few things like that. Um, uh, people have noted. So like, the Braves are slated to host it next year, and then it's open until the Phillies host it in 2026. So you have to imagine. The Dodgers haven't hosted in 40 years, so like the, the first season they get to host, and they're like, "Guess what? No All Star game this year." So like that—that's like the thing that's going to get like lopped off the first, I think, of of, of the, the main sort of tent pole events for baseball. I think they would try to have it at all possible if it's feasible, like even if it's the very first game of the season. Which so I like don't know. Just, I actually think that's kind of cool. Like like you, you know, said, it's, it's, it's weird. Like yeah. yeah, and it's like, hey, welcome back, baseball. Here's this star-studded event whatever and uh, assuming the players are ready or whatever well, and the, that's not just the here's concern. here's baseball i was talking to uh, melissa about this the other day is that week where you know scientists give us the all clear of like hey go out go out to eat go to a sporting event a game is going to be a rorschach week it's going to be so fun it's going to be like this victory <laughs> victory thing that we haven't seen in a long time there's going to be sailors like kissing their girlfriends <laughs> in the middle of the street everywhere. and then they'll come out and say don't go that far hold on <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, yeah let's not go crazy yeah, uh, a little social yeah. distancing still but what was i going to say so oh yeah so if the, if it gets canceled this year like 2022 is open so there's like, no way they, they don't would, give it to the dodgers <laughs> right so that, that's what i mean like that, they would get like compensated in that in some way, but man, like it's just one of those things. It goes back to that earlier question: like, is this a conspiracy against the Dodgers? It's not, but like at the same time, you're like, really? Like, this year? <laughs> like, like, so I can see where where that sort of comes in. It's time for the Dodgers rewind. Man, um, so <laughs> I kind of got ahead of myself. Um, I had sort of planned for this, like uh, even before the last podcast, and like some because sometimes we just. Uh, I forget about it until like the day or so before and I go, Oh yeah, I have to come up with a Dodgers rewind and then figure out. But this one, I was like, this sounds like kind of fun and it's not really tied to anything, but it's John Hale. Um, he was a backup outfielder played with the Dodgers four seasons in the seventies. The reason he's notable to me is that uh, his first season was 1974 after, right after he just turned 21. This was a pennant winning Dodgers team. He appeared in four games, his first four major league games as a September call up. First two were as a pinch runner, and then uh, he also played an inning in right field in one of those, but he didn't bat. His first at bat came in game 161. The Dodgers were trying to clinch the division that day. They were two up on the Reds with two to play. The Dodgers actually clinched the division in the fourth inning of their game while the Reds lost. So, like, the, they found out the, they were playing the Astrodome. And the Reds lost their game, and it came on the scoreboard. And I just from the New York Times game story, the Dodgers game was delayed five minutes while the Dodgers exchanged congratulations for winning their first divisional crown. Like, can you imagine that? Like, I'm sure it happens, but like, it's just funny to me to like uh, a game. They're like, why are they celebrating in the dugout? It's like, oh, okay, they just won the division. So basically, right after that, they like took out a bunch of people, and like John Hale didn't get his first uh, uh, major league plate appearance until. Like the division was decided, so he came in. He pinch hit for Don Sutton in the sixth. Uh, J.R. Richard, a just absolute fireballer, he doubled off of him and scored. The Astros later cut the game to five four, and then he Hale broke it open with a two run single in the seventh off a different pitcher. Uh, he didn't start the next day either, but he entered in the sixth. John Hale he singled off Ken Forch in the eighth, and he singled off Ramon De Los Santos in the tenth and scored the winning run. 
on a double by Lee Lacey. So his first major league appearance uh, season, he's four for four. He's the only player in baseball history, 1876 to present, to hit 1,000 in at least four at-bats in a season. So the only uh, 1,000 hitter with more plate appearances in a season is John Pashorek for the 1963 Astros. He was only, only quote-unquote, only three for three at age 18. He played one game, but he also had two walks. So he had one more plate appearance than John Hale. He has the sixth best uh, OPS plus in Dodgers history in any plate appearances. It, this is in a season. With a minimum of four plate appearances, the next uh, best uh, OPS plus is 354. Um, I forgot. Let me pull up what I forgot exactly what Hales was. I'm pulling it up as we speak. And of course, the page isn't loaded. Okay. John Hale, can you guess what his OPS plus was? Uh, So the second best with four plate appearances is 354. 652. Uh, 540. So. This is the the best in Dodger history, sixth best in Dodger history with any plate appearances. Do you do you have, you want to take a guess at naming the five ahead of him? No. Okay. Well, I think you would only know one. And okay. It's, it's, <laughs> it said to me a failure. Thank you. No, it's what well, well, I'm just saying. I just thought you would you might mention it because this comes up a lot in in like it seems to come up a lot in our trivia. But Chinwi Sao, uh, <laughs> one for one with a double, seven thirteen. He's third. Hub, a guy named Hub Knowles, which is great. 869, he was one for one with a double and a, oh, and that's it, and a sacrifice. Uh, 774 for Roy Gleason. Um, Welcome Gaston is just awesome. Also one for one with a double. These All all of these guys were one for one with a double. Uh, Gaston also had a hit by pitch. He was 707. Carl Doyle was 685. Also one for one with a double. Um, so, yeah, those are all the guys ahead of him. So good job, John Ale. I looked him up. I should have actually called him. It would have been fun to talk to him, but like we had a pretty packed podcast. But he is now a real estate agent in Bakersfield, where he grew up, and he's been with like been a real estate agent for like twenty years at least, or maybe thirty years. But yeah, so that's John Hale. Well, it's time that wonderful, wonderful time in the podcast where it's questions from Craig. Okay, this first question is a little confusing, but I like it once I understand it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Craig sent us a roster, and it's his take on the all-time Dodger Hall of Fame team. So these are all Hall of Famers with players who are in the Hall of Fame but not primarily known for playing as Dodgers. Yep. And so we're going to look through that. You're going to have some suggestions. And then he has a second part, which who of, of these players, who would we replace with Hall of Famers that are known as Dodgers. Yeah. You ready? Oh, wait. No, I think... Oh, <laughs> yeah. It took me... Okay. I'm pretty sure that... Yeah, I think that's what he wants us to do. But look... I, I, so I, let, I let's let's, let's, let's okay, talk about each category. Let's go through his. Sure. You tell me if you have any yeah. other Hall of Famers who aren't known as Dodgers, and then we'll see if we think there's a, uh, a Hall of Famer known as a Dodger that we should replace it with. Right. Good to go. Uh, um, okay, position so, by position. Well, we'll do this. So he has catcher Gary Carter. Okay, so I didn't think about this really. It's hard to really argue that, right? Because there's not a lot of Hall of Fame catchers, and like Carter barely played with the Dodgers, and obviously the bulk of his success was elsewhere. I think if if you wanted to lawyer this up, you could argue Mike Piazza. Yep. Because he's either category, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. And so, like, um, 
I didn't think of that until. Yeah, right that's now. Mike Piazza is my answer for both. <laughs> yeah, so I, I agree totally. And uh, but yeah, but it's just funny. Like, uh, uh, but yeah, that's a that's a solid. Uh, Gary Carter is a very solid pick. It was sort of a perfect like uh, encapsulation of this sort of uh, idea. First base, Eddie Murray. Look, I'm I'm not yeah, going to ever is, yeah. argue against. <laughs> however, however, I would say this. Um, oh, okay. What the if you want to go super obscure like Jim Tomei, okay, um, uh, who only pinch hit as a Dodger, which is funny, but like so maybe you couldn't qualify him there, but like uh, and it was such a limited time, but uh, that would be the only one I would consider. But yeah, second base Tony Lazari. Okay, my ad is really a. Uh, oh, you know what? Well, okay. I guess I have two ads that would that don't technically qualify, but you could argue <laughs> that they're close. The first one I thought of was Chase Utley. Mm-hmm. I I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a hard time getting in mm-hmm. once he's on the ballot. But he might eventually get in. But it, it might be a, a rough ride. But then also Jeff Kent, who has had a rough ride on the ballot and hasn't gotten in. But like you could you could you don't have to argue that hard to think of him as a Hall of Famer. So I, I think like even though even though it's not technically a Hall of Famer, it's like right there. So like those are the two that I think come to mind in terms of not known as Dodgers but Hall of Fame worthy. Um, but yeah, and then uh, you know if we're going just Dodger, even though he played a ton of positions, like Jackie Robinson would be my pick here, and like uh, yeah, so that that's but that, that th- these are all good. Third base, Billy Herman. So this is another thing where. Um, in the same vein, like Adrian Beltre is not in the Hall of Fame, but only because he's not eligible yet. I think he's going to easily get in. Um, and it's and it's just one of those things where it's 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 not quite Piazza esque because Beltre didn't do as much with the Dodgers, but the fact that Beltre is not thought of as a Dodger, it's like oh, man, that that's kind of depressing in some way. Um. But yeah, I think Beltre would, is going to take over this pretty easily. And even if you want to say in the latter category of just general, um, like Dodger third baseman, I, I think he'd be a worthy pick there too. Shortstop, Arky Vaughn. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have uh, an alternative here. Um, <laughs> unless like... Um, like Corey Seager gets traded or, or like leaves and then just balls elsewhere or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I can't really think of someone uh, other than that. Left field, Ricky Henderson. I love this idea uh, because he played, he was the last team that he uh, major league team that Ricky Henderson played for, but obviously he played for so long and uh, so much work with the A's a lot with the Yankees and blue Jays and stuff and Padres and Mets and, everywhere but like um I, he's perfect for this for me um so yeah i don't i don't really have a i don't really have another yeah picture. yeah neither do i center field max carry yeah this is another like solid pick and this is i'm i'm trying to get off on a technicality here because i was looking up uh kenny lofton uh would qualify for sure but he also was a one and done guy on the hall of fame ballot which was an absolute travesty he was an excellent player and I think deserves Hall of Fame consideration. Uh, he might get in on the Veterans Committee. We'll see. But, like, to me, he's Hall of Fame worthy. 
if he makes the Hall of Fame, I would definitely pick him over Max Carey. Um, but yeah, um, that, that's, that's another good sort of category. Kind of an obvious choice on the Dodgers, the other category. Oh, right. Matt Kemp. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right field, Frank Robinson. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a solid, solid pick. He was only with the Dodgers for a year, so it fits the category perfectly, and it's hard to really go wrong there. Lost my show notes. Uh, right field, Frank Robinson. Oh, I just said that. Jesus. Right. I'm, I lost my place in my notes. Left-handed pitcher, Rube Marquard. I couldn't find one that, like, topped this, so, like, I don't really have anything to add. Um, it's pretty solid. And uh, I, I guess we didn't ever – Duke Snyder is the obvious center fielder for, for exactly. those who weren't following. Um, yeah. Right uh, – and then uh, in left-handed pitchers, similarly, we have uh, – we have uh, the the debate that will be so interesting once Clayton is in the Hall of Fame is who are you, who are you taking. But right. uh, for under these rules, unlike every exception you've had, I'm going to pick an actual Hall of Famer here and say right. uh, Sandy Koufax. Uh, and then right-handed pitcher, two excellent choices here on the two opposite ends of the spectrum of how they exactly joined the right. Dodgers. Uh, uh, right-handed pitcher. And so uh, Craig picked Greg Maddox, and I, who had his last start right. as a Dodger. Yeah, and he pitched for them two two different second halves because mm-hmm. they traded for him twice. Uh, I saw his last game in a very oh. sad game against the Phillies, the playoff game. Uh, yeah. No, the Mets. No, Phillies. You're right. Phillies. Dang. I assure you. I re- <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I uh, God. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> it was the, the uh, triple error for call game. Yep. Uh, and then Pedro Martinez would be the Who only started. Other. <laughs> yeah. And man, like, you, how can you go wrong with either of those? So for the Dodgers, right? Like, I think you could argue, like, um, for in terms of like just Dodger only. Like you probably have to say Don Drysdale over Don Sutton, Sutton's longevity, Drysdale better peak. But then you you could say Desi Vance too. Like, um, so I don't know. I I might go Desi Vance just for how like dominant he was. He was like a premier strikeout pitcher when a lot of people didn't really strike out guys. So I would probably go Desi Vance over Drysdale and Sutton. Um, but yeah, that's. That's that's a these are I like that question. We didn't cover it. The only name I wanted to add back on on the would not replace Ricky Henderson, I think. But uh, Zach Wheat probably would have been the Dodgers pick, I think. Oh yeah, 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 okay. for sure. You know what's weird? Someone asked me about this, uh, unrelated to the podcast, but um, I think a Saber bio tweeted out something and like tagged me in a thing, and so I saw a lot of the replies. But like I and I maybe I'll ask about this this year, but. Uh, the Dodgers have all their retired numbers up, and but like they don't have anything for like the Zach Wheat, um, and um, and like and Dazzy Vance actually wore numbers with them, but like Zach Wheat never wore a uniform number with them, mm-hmm. but he's not retired, so like, um, it's weird. Like I, so I, you know, you can make an argument they should probably honor him. That'd be fun. Way. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, of an era that. Uh, Dodgers don't have you know a lot of players to really like look back on and celebrate it might be like you know we're so far along that no one has you know real active memories of Zach Wheat playing but it would be fun to bring that back to the foremind and just kind of remind people just how good he was yep all right moving on 
I'm fairly new to the work at home gig. You, you two have done it for some time. Do you have any hints on how to do that for listeners who find themselves in that situation? Do as I say, not as I do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing. Like this has been like my, my life for so long. Like um, really since 2012, my only like um, workplace that I go to has been a stadium. Um, whether it's spring training, um, or not a recommendation, by the way, right? Yeah. (laughs) They won't let you in. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right now. Yeah, exactly. So like, but so, but anyway, but I'm used to like working from home and I, I mean, (laughs) in many ways, I don't consider myself an adult sometimes just given how, uh, I don't know, just how certain things come up. But like, I think, um, like the general thing is, is just. And it's one of the, like you say, do as I say, not as I do, but uh, make sure you take breaks. Um, tr- I find myself online so often that it, I just want to break away sometimes and like not look at a screen or, you know, g- get up and walk around and like, like I don't have a big apartment, right? So like, it's not like I can be that f- if I'm still in the apartment. I can't be like that far removed from where I'm working, but like I, I generally don't work on the couch, um, but I, I have a desk set up, which I generally like. And it's like the same. I can see all the, like I have two TVs. I could see them both from here and the couch. So like I can work on the couch, but like I generally don't, but maybe uh, switch it up every once in a while just to like, um, um, you know, change your eye level or, or just mix it up. Uh, another thing is like, don't, don't snack all day. And I, look, I do this all the time. So it's, it, I'm sort of reminding myself not to do this, but like, you're so, you're so close to like your, your kitchen and you can just go grab something and you just got to remember like to, to eat, but also like, even like, um, this is going to sound weird, but like, like actually get dressed once in a while. Like, uh, look, I've, I've like woken up if I'm just at home and like, if I'm just wearing like a t-shirt and shorts or something, I might just go straight into like going to my desk or whatever. Um, But like, make sure you like take time to like actual go, go through some sort of a routine. Yeah. Whether it's like, you know, showering, brushing your teeth, just doing something to like, um, pretend that you're working like in a work environment or something i don't know it can be hard because you're like familiar at home and you don't necessarily want to do that but like um yeah that's i'd just say remind yourself to do that once in a while and it'll it'll sort of change uh how you think of it my best go go outside too i was about to say my my best days were a morning that combined some combined going for a short walk with the dog showering and getting not just getting dressed, but like like not getting dressed in something other than pajamas, getting dressed mm-hmm. as if I was going into the office, and it just creates a kind of work mindset and uh, sort of wards off the uh, the feelings, uh, the sort of tendency to get sloven and just like kind of slack off, uh, mm-hmm. kind of focus you there. Again, I'm really bad at keeping that habit, um, but when I have, I've definitely been my most successful. Um, in terms of like ha- the, you'll see this a lot is like have your separate work area, but have 
have have something in your day where you do go to the couch. Maybe it's where you take a meeting or maybe that's where you do your emails to end the day. Do something that just kind of do a change of pace can also really help so you don't get kind of stuck there. Um, like you would in a normal work setting, you would go out to lunch <laughs> ideally or you would go out to the water cooler or whatever. So Another thing that I, that I don't do often enough, I, I oftentimes eat at my desk here. Whereas I think a good um, recommendation is, would be to actually take time to eat and get up from your desk and go to a table. Or if you have another, if you're working on the mm-hmm. couch, go to, go to your desk and eat or just make it, make it a different setting. So you're like, you're, you can, you're turning your brain off um, and reminding yourself that it's, it's lunch. And then you, that way you can sort of refocus. It's probably better. Phil Jackson used to rag on the Spurs' first NBA title that they won in the shortened 98-99 season. How long of a regular season would MLB need to play to make it legitimate in your opinions? A week. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's one of those things, yeah, fly, flags uh, fly forever. But no, uh, so I think about this like um, 81 was weird because they split the season into halves and like the Reds had the best record in baseball and didn't make the playoffs because they didn't win either half in the National League West. Um, so it's always weird, right? Like how that's going to happen. I, we're not in a situation where we're going to have halves this year. I think for this, I I think the season has to be at least like half the season, but even like if it's like an 81 game season, right? I mean, I'm just pulling that out of thin air. It doesn't, people are going to say like, that wasn't a real season, right? Like it doesn't like, they're going to find ways to like, um, discount, whatever just because it's a it's a weird season but personally like i think if it's like shorter than that that would be a just be a very odd season for me like um but i I don't really know like it's hard to say because we've never really gone through this we're not real we're really not being creative enough here eric i have a suggestion for you yeah half season all double headers So I'm yeah, sure right. the players' union would be completely fine with that, and not yeah, be be too- exhausting at all. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god! Yeah, god, would be hell. You're the programmer for Sportsnet LA. What Yay. would you program right now? Uh, replay the 2019 season. Mm. Best of Vince yeah. Scully. Sure. Mm. Uh, uh, or Clayton Kershaw starts. So I was thinking about this. I have a the few weird ideas. thing is like best of Vin Scully's weird because it's just that just like all of them. All, all, but, yeah, but like, I, and I'm gonna get there. <laughs> I have an so idea, like so. I, I had some thoughts on this. So, um, part of me is like you want to draw in like the 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 people that are like the younger people who are following the team now want to see this team, right? So, or like these last few years teams, and so I think what you would like ideally to do is like. People should be watching the um, Justin Turner's walk-off home run and game two of the NLDS from 2017, NLCS from 2017. I don't know whether they have like necessarily the rights yet for those. That might be tricky because they're newer. Um, where like maybe you can only replay those once in a while. MLB Network tends to more often, maybe. But like that game, like the KK three home run game where they won their first pennant in 29 years. Um, if you could play more of those playoff games, they should they should um, maybe do a day where they just play every division clinching game in the last seven years. Um, 
they would go they can go back and and do stuff like they could play um for a week um every game of the 88 nlcs and world series they could play every playoff game from 1981 they could do the same for the the 70s years where they went to the world series they could play um sandy koufax game seven of 1965 if you want to go back that far um you know they have a lot of like options you could do so a lot a lot of the older older stuff maybe not not necessarily was on tv so that stuff you could also do like um kershaw's no hitter josh beckett's no hitter like just more recent stuff but then even like um ramon martinez is no hitter kevin gross is no hitter like jerry royce is no hitter like um there's a treasure trove of this kind of stuff, but I I would just be pumping out the games. But uh, so like if they don't if they don't have like the rights to like the the last like three or four years worth of playoff stuff, um, then they do have enough uh, behind the scenes footage that they've done for like the uh, connected with or uh, I forgot what they call the all access show or whatever, but they could show those um, as a sort of approximation of those and like sort of the the celebration of that kind of stuff show that stuff a lot and like theme it up where it's like 2016 NLDS is here and you're playing these games or like if you're not showing games you're showing like the behind behind the scenes stuff that day or whatever and just do it that way that that's probably what I would do my big idea is you could do this a, a number of different ways you could do this as a block and separate it by decade that actually had tv games or you could just do all games but i want every single day there to be a this day in dodgers and pick a game from Mm. april 8th and pick the best game and and vary the generations and vary the seasons uh so you follow a season but it's a different sort of thing as it's going on that would be a lot of fun April 8th, they can play uh, against the Braves in 1974 when Hank Aaron broke the, the home run <laughs> record like that. But yeah, that, that's good. I like it. I'm in. Pay me. Congratulations. Last question. During the current times, are you more likely to use some type of grocery delivery service, a meal delivery service like Blue Apron, or a restaurant delivery service? Um, of these three, it's probably restaurant delivery. I've done grocery delivery in the past um occasionally not a ton uh but i've done the rest of the the doordash postmates grubhub that kind of stuff more often but i try to avoid those just because like the delivery fees are ridiculous um and i think like right now with like the social distancing uh it's it's hard like i'd rather like go to like a drive through or a takeout myself to get food then have it pass through another set of hands after that to get to me right now i think so i would lean against that meal delivery service i've never gotten into mostly because i look i've seen the ads come up and i've gotten emails and i've checked it out like blue apron or i forgot some of the other names but like Every time I go on there, like they're at a price point where I'm like, I, I cannot afford that. So like, I'm not going to pay X amount per meal or whatever it is and commit to like certain number of meals a week, unless it's like a great deal to start or something that always seemed like, um, it cost prohibitive, at least for me. Um, and I'm just by myself. So maybe it's better if you have like a couple or a family, I'm not sure. 
but um, yeah, I. But of these three, it's probably given given where we're at now. It's pro. I would probably choose grocery delivery service. Um. But yeah, it's tough. I, I I I'm leaning toward like not doing any of it right now. Yeah. No. Um. Melissa and I are debating this actively. Uh. Almost certainly, with her being pregnant, we're being extra cautious. Uh, just not wanting to get her a fever, and basically we need we're going to get groceries. We're fairly well stocked, but we're uh-huh. going to at some point. And then we have a bunch of pretty all things cold, pretty darn good options on being able to do it in a fairly isolated way. But yep. it's, do you go in really late at night and just try to dodge people and use self checkout? Do you do pickup, which, uh, like you said, is one less set of hands, maybe. But not necessarily, right? The person right, takes right. it to the car might not be the person who packed it. Uh, or you could do delivery. And the good thing about delivery is they could just drop it off at the door. And then you still have to deal with service contamination. We should be very clear. This is all me guessing on how germs work. I don't actually know how any of this stuff works. I, I was right. not good at biology. Uh, but that, that makes at least sense to my mind. Uh, so we're, we're not sure what we're going to do. It's we're leaning towards delivery at the door and then we do a, a round of disinfecting, whether that's leaving shelf stable stuff in our garage for a few days or yeah. actually wiping down the the more frozen stuff. But I don't know. It's weird times. I, I when you first said that you were talking about grocery delivery, but in mm. my head I was thinking it was like a Chipotle order. And then you, <laughs> you just go outside after it's left on the porch and you're spraying Lysol into a bag. Like, like okay, this is good to go. You know what? I think we solved it. I yeah, there you go. Lysol <laughs> Chipotle. Lysol Chipotle. Perfect. Mm, we're going to be safe. Mm. So, yeah, uh, as it, uh, I think we're going to, since we're still technically the off season, I think we're going to resume our every two weeks yeah. or so uh, schedule. I don't know what just... we're going to talk about. Oh, you know, there will there will be updates. Well, it'll probably yeah. be a lot of postponing. Uh, you know, it, oh, we were we were saying end of March, and now we're going to say end of April. But whatever that is, we'll come up and we'll talk about it. And you know, there's going to be plenty of food questions from Craig. Plenty of Dodgers rewind, and we'll try to come up with a few other things to. To, to talk about because we we joke about how you know it's the conspiracy against the Dodgers and and then we reiterate that it's by far the loss of baseball is very low on the list of all things told but there is a cumulative effect of the loss of all these distractions and we don't want the podcast to be one of those we want it to be something for for our listeners but for ourselves to look forward to that isn't entirely about uh, the COVID-19 virus. So we're going to come up with something. Uh, if you have any ideas, if you have either uh, more questions for us or there's a particular topic you want us to kind of dive deep on, whether it's about right now or historically related to the Dodgers, we are more than happy to hear this. Please let us know. Yeah, content is a thing right now that we're thinking of. Like, I literally wrote about 12 Hallmark movies, Christmas movies <laughs> that, that, that were Dodger-related on Sunday because, you know, whatever. So we're trying to think outside the box here, and we didn't even talk about it on the podcast. Maybe, maybe that's our subject next next time on the podcast. <laughs> Who knows? But look, like think about it this way: uh, w- imagine how long it's going to be, but before like the Astros can get booed again, like oh, you know, oh. like that's another thing, like about the season. So it's weird, but we're all sort of 
in wait and see mode. Uh, we'll uh, wouldn't you love idea. if they do start the season with the All Star game and it's Clayton <laughs> Kershaw versus <laughs> Jose Altuve leading off and he just plunks him? <laughs> Not we, you, I think if you listen to the show at all, you know we are against plunking and retaliation, but it, that would be particularly. <laughs> Maybe just with I, an Ephus pitch, like a forty mile an hour, just like everyone laughs it off, and we go play some I, baseball. I'm, I'm now trying to think of um, a player getting ejected from an All Star game. It's <laughs> it's making me crack up. <laughs> that would be great. So until then, think about the weird uh, All Star game iterations you can think of, and we will be back in two weeks to talk about not opening day. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody.